just tell you a little story before you drift away to La La Land. Here's a story about a woman who murders her husband with a frozen leg of lamb and then feeds it to the policeman. So in tune with each other, Michelle, I tell you, hello! Hello! You are looking summery and gorgeous in your little bunches. (laughs) It's still a sweat box in here in this studio, I tell you what. How are you, Michelle? You're Michelle, I'm Geordie. It's eavesdropping time. And welcome to eavesdropping, yeah. No, I'm great, I'm great. I've got... Some amazing stories, hopefully, for you. Might just oh. cool you down. Put a pin in that. Oh. What? Freeze my uh, boiling hot heart. Oh, my gosh. I don't know well, what that means. Sorry. I don't know either. Anyway, so how's things? How's tricks? Tricks are fine. Listen, Michelle, I've got this amazing thing I've been meaning to show you for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's called Judy. It's, a manu- it's an annual, not a manual for girls. An annual from 1969. Look, oh, I'm showing Michelle a- listeners. I'm showing Michelle a picture of a, a a hardcover. You know those books that you'd get in your Christmas stocking each year. From it must be a magazine called Judy, Judy for girls. It says, and it's from 1969. It's a black cover with a a lovely, sweet 14 odd year old ballerina on the front tying up her ballet shoe. What do you call that? Ballet shoe. A ballet shoe. Ballet slipper. I don't know. Don't, are they shoe? called slipper? Shoe. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. And look on the inside. Look, it's all the things that girls can do. Horse riding, tennis. Surfing. Ice skating. <laughs> looking wistfully up to the sky. Surfing, twirling. She's hula hooping with, can you see that? I can. She's hula hooping with a whole row of cups and saucers on her head. <laughs> and the other one's skiing. I almost feel like this book is your book, Michelle. Oh. They're all the things that you do. Am I Am I a Judy? Am I a Judy? Judy! We grew up with annuals. We had the Ginty annual, the Misty. Ginty? The Misty oh, annual. Man. And we... Misty? And Misty was all like <laughs> mystic, mystic Misty. And... Oh, Misty. Halloween stories. And we lived for these annuals, lived for them. And they were all from the UK. So they uh-huh. would say things like, Cor blimey. And we'd be like, what does that mean? Lord love a duck, Michelle. Lord love a duck. And they'd say, oh, let's have some slap up nosh for tea. And we had no <laughs> clue what that meant, but it sounded great. And We, we just lived- get fucking couple of chops and a few poos for our tea. Oh, yeah. For tea. That's what you'd have. Tea. But, no, we lived for those annuals. Like oh. you say, hardcover. It's just amazing. The drawings are incredible. Oh, on the back, she's falling off her surfboard, jumped <laughs> off her horse. It's, I think it says at the front, it says dreams, and the back says reality. That's what it is. They're for, she's fallen off her skis. Look at that. Oh, she's fallen off. The cups have all broken. <laughs> the front page is dreams. The back page is reality. What's that trying to tell these young girls? It's not a good oh, message. Oh, aim for the top, but just know that you're going to fall on your ass. <laughs> yeah. In here, I've got, there's a how to make a daisy doggy bank. Ooh. And it's just an old plastic bottle with some straw on the top and some other things. You wouldn't want to make that. But my favourite here is the Hobbies of Holly. Oh, she's got an outfit right there. It's Holly Johnson, but not the Holly Johnson that you and I would know, who is the lead singer from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. But (laughs) Holly Johnson and her two quite, well, they're wearing quite masculine clothes. I'll tell you, Holly looks like she's telling them how it is. She's got it on a suit, but her two (laughs) friends are wearing just jeans and shirts and things, and they're pretty cash. And it says, Holly Johnson is forever taking up some new hobby. And usually her friends, Audrey Poole and Jean Jackson, get roped in as well. Michelle, can I tell you a little bit about what Holly gets up to? Sure, go for it. One day when Jean and Audrey called on Holly, Hi, Holly! How are you, friends? Care to partake of a cup of my coffee? Tar, Holly. Tar? You mean, yes, please, really. What do you mean, really? I'm improving my manners and I'd say that yours could do with polishing, too. To be a social success, one must have grace and poise. Oh, no, not another hobby, says Jean. Holly brought in the tray. Coffee is served. Fucking hell. But Holly was concentrating so hard on poison grace she tripped over on the rug. Wow, she says as she fell over. Her friend said, isn't it customary to serve coffee in cups, Holly? Do you expect us to get down and lap it up? 
What manners? Very funny, says Holly. That's where I'll stop. But there you go. It's all about trying to do your best and then falling on your ass. I love that message. Not really. Not really. I mean, that's not a great message for girls, is it? Thank not really. Fuck. Dreams and reality. That's not still going. That's out of print for a reason. Uh-huh. Sorry, Judy. Yeah. On this theme. Yes. Trying your best, but fucking up. No, it's more a segue into... Uh, <laughs> we had a, a comment on one of our YouTube clips. How dare you? Right, here we go. It's always great when it comes from YouTube, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a good one. There's no filters. There's no filters for the YouTubers. But it does just um, tie into this whole thing that you're just talking about because it says it was on, on one of our Psychic Detective episodes. Oh, which are usually quite popular. Well, it's from Mortal Clown, not their real name. And Mortal Clown says, <laughs> wish people would get to the point, impossible chatter. That's oh, I don't mind that, actually. It's not as bad as it could have been. So I wonder if Mortal Clown was listening right now, listening to Judy, Mortal Clown would be thinking... Oh, they won't be listening. Impossible chatter. Yeah, this is impossible chatter. Well, it's not. It's absolutely possible. And we did it. (laughs) It's so possible that it happens every bloody week. And those of you who are still with us, thank you. We appreciate you. And I think most of the people do stick around for the impossible chatter, don't you? I think so. And for the shout out. Do write in. No one needs a shout out. Every, don't need a shout out every week, do no. they? Now. What's, what's on your mind, Michelle? You look distressed. I am a bit distressed because do you remember last week you were telling telling me about that horrific motor accident you witnessed when you were driving back from France? Yeah. Yeah. So look, obviously, thankfully, no one died. But. Yes. I know that that really stayed with you. Yes, it still is with me. It shakes you up. And look, there's a situation that it's been in my thoughts and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it to the point where it's been waking me up at night because I just can't shake it. Oh, no. So a friend of Andreas's, he went out for a run and he had a heart attack. Oh, shit. The latest update on his condition is that after being put into several medically induced comas he's now got zero brain activity oh no michelle that's heartbreaking i'm so sorry to hear that Look, i'm heartbroken for his wife and toddler son i'm actually getting really fucking emotional because i just cannot stop thinking about what this condition actually means because there's been a lot of People already saying R.I.P. But the guy's alive. But is he alive? Or is he not alive? At what point do you go from being alive? Well. And I'm and, and look, I'm very sorry and I apologise to any eavesdroppers who might know who I'm actually talking about. And I'm definitely not being disrespectful to his tragic circumstances. I understand. But this has really yeah. got under You're my skin. You're trying to make sense yeah, of it. And I am trying to yeah. understand it because... You put yourself in the position of him and his family. What has been waking me up at night is this guy. Their body, I think, is preserved. Like he was strong, fit, healthy. Mm. But the brain is gone. But is it really? Is it biological processes that have stopped? Sadly, yes, Michelle. He's being kept alive by machines now. That's what's keeping him alive. If they turn the machines off, he will die. That's essentially what they're trying to say. They were giving him a chance by keeping him on the machines. But I'm really sorry to say, I think that once the brain activity has ceased, when you're brain, essentially brain dead, this happened for a 12-year-old boy called Archie Battersby here in the UK only two weeks ago. Right. And he's been kept alive since, I think it was February, when his mother found him after doing some sort of TikTok challenge where it's called the blackout challenge. They believe that's what happened to him. And she found him. uh, He had restricted his own airways. Oh, my God. And she thinks it's because of this thing. He's 12. He was 12. Unfortunately, he's now passed away. The same situation. They kept him on machines. They kept him alive. He was exactly like that, alive, but being kept alive by machines, zero brain activity. And there was a long drawn out court battle with Archie's family and the UK high court system here in the United Kingdom 
well, they were trying to get him to come home. I think they understood what would happen when they took him off the machines, but they wanted him in a a hospice or at home. And I think they were stopped at every corner. Right. It's quite distressing, and I do apologise to any eavesdroppers who are being affected by this conversation, but it's real life, and it's not all fu- always fun and games. This shit happens. Yeah. I do believe this had happened to another child previously, and I think um, Archie Battersby's mother did say that when they turned the machine off, she was going to herself attempt resuscitation. Right. And I don't know if she did, but I know that this happened previously for another child who didn't make it. It's difficult when you see your child lying there breathing, looking healthy, looking alive, but unfortunately their hair, their brain is gone and, and it's the brain that is the computer, the supercomputer that keeps us going. I don't know a lot more about that. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. We know this, but I'm really sorry to hear this news. These family, it's very Look, sad. it's awful and I, I just keep thinking, what if they're wrong? What if it's not zero activity? Yes, and this must be what? families go through which is yeah what about the soul when this body is alive and I know we've talked about this before about you know the body is this meat suit animated by the energy that is the soul or whatever but this idea of the brain and the soul and the body and how it all connects I really have struggled to get my head around it and I think because it's it's quite personal because I knew this yeah. guy too. It's really affected me in ways that I didn't expect and has thrown up a lot of questions for me about if the body is alive but the brain is dead, Yeah, where is the soul? What, is there a soul? And look, I don't think this is, a, if this is anything that we're going to get to the bottom of in this conversation. I doubt it. <laughs> it. It has just really stayed with me and I think it's one of those things that I'm not sure there are a lot of answers out there. Maybe we'll never have any answers because when you put this element of what we call soul or chi or divine energy or whatever it is that animates who we are, the body is alive, the brain is not. What about Mm. the rest of it? It's a tricky one because the family and friends and people like you are left thinking, watching and thinking, what if I make the wrong decision for Absolutely. this person? What if they're trying to communicate and they can't? Yeah. Uh, it's difficult. But ultimately, uh, there are people who have been doing this for years, yeah. I suppose, you know, in medical science and whatnot. I guess we just have to defer to them. Spiritually, I don't know the answers because that is something that is beyond us. Indefinite and it's in it's beyond us and it's something we can't touch and we can't no. measure. It's all about what you feel okay with, ultimately. And we all have to find that inner peace at some point. We got a bit We got a bit We're Just having a So, Michelle... I believe it's your turn to dive me deeply into a fascinating story and I don't even know what it's about, so I'm really looking forward to hearing (laughs) what you got to say. Well, do you know what? (laughs) We're actually going to touch on something I spoke about last week. Do you remember when I was telling you about the glacier melting and that a skeleton was found where the glacier had receded? I'm so glad we're going there today. It turns out... That more bits of the glacier had melted because of this fucking scorching hot summer heat wave. And honestly... It's all happening. It is all happening. And I can see it. I look out the window. I can see the Matterhorn. I've never seen so little ice on the Matterhorn. Imagine if it all goes away and you're left with some ridiculous like little scrag on a rock or something. You're just like, (laughs) that was... It? <laughs> no, 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 no. The Matterhorn is actually rock. Yeah, it's not going to just melt away and basically a tiny little anthill. <laughs> the Matterhorn's a thing. It's a thing. It's not all ice. It's not all ice. And the thing is, I've never seen this before this summer, but there are whole pieces of rock that you can see that you could never see before and layers of glacier that you can see that weren't visible this time last year. Wow. Like, you know, geological 
layers. It's so fucking sad. But anyway, they found another body. Oh, my God. Another body, right? <laughs> and is it prehistoric like I suggested? I bet I'm right. No. Oh. I, no, I'm going to talk you through a few theories here. Okay. Rewinding back to the end of July, a couple of alpinists were traversing the stocky glacier or what's left of it, which is stocky. S-T-O-K-J-I. Stocky. Oh, okay. So name. Stocky right. glacier. And it's near Zermatt. So these alpinists, they were the ones that, that found the human remains. And now mm. authorities are scouring the area to see if they can find any hiking gear or anything like that. So they can at least try to determine from the gear what kind of era these skeletons might be oh from. My God. Mm. And of course, as you know from last week, I got all excited thinking it might be Charlie Howe, the missing yeah. Tangleman billionaire, who, for anyone who hasn't listened to that episode, he disappeared in Zermatt in April 2018 without a trace, but under somewhat potentially mysterious circumstances. Yes. You know, he had links to Russia. Russian intelligence was staying in the hotel that he was staying at when he went missing. His lover, Veronica E., was a heli pilot Russian I lady. That. I know. She was also a percussionist with Prince. I'm joking. But it sounds Sheely. like, you know. <laughs> oh, it's Sheila. I knew it was something. Sheila. Veronica E. <laughs> there were sisters. One played the tambourine. The other one played the drums. <laughs> Regardless of whether she was Sheila E's Russian long lost sister, all we'll say right now is that media outlets all over the world are going nuts, speculating that this skeleton is Charlie Haub. Okay, so it's not just you. No, everyone's getting excited about it. Although I think I was there first, but anyway. Yeah, of course you were. I looked into this. It's not uncommon for people to go missing around this town. I have seen in the press and also whispers around town is that there's speculation it could be a Japanese woman called uh, Yunko Sato who vanished in 2000. She was just 28. She went out for a hike on her own here in the glacier and never been seen again. Then in 2015, there was a Swiss-American guy called Matthew Nisley Uh, He was 20. He came here to stay with his Swiss grandparents, went up Blatten Way. And Blatten is like half an hour walk out of town. It's absolutely nothing. He vanished, never been seen again. 2001, there was a 49-year-old German hiker called Alfred Schmidt. He intended to climb from the Theodor Hut to Brighthorn. Brighthorn's one of the 4,000 peaks here. I've actually hiked that peak. Of course you have. Of course I have. Of course I have. And to be fair, it's not that hard. Um, But it's high. It's over 4,000. You actually do need to be roped to other people because there are crevasses everywhere. And if you fall down a crevasse, you need the people you're roped to to pull you out. So this is why maybe these people have gone off on their own and possibly come a cropper. Yeah, maybe because they're not with other people. And this guy, Alfred, he was last seen at the Theodore Hut. But from there... No one's seen him since. Gosh. And the Stocky, Stocky Glacier, it's only a 16K hike away from that hut, that mountain hut. So it's possible it could be him. The thing is, we just don't know yet. Then, a few days ago, like I said before, a new body was discovered by hikers, this time on the Chesian Glacier, which, again, melted away, receded, revealed a new skeleton which, according to reports and also word around town, these remains got hellied straight off the glacier to try to be wow. identified. The police in Vallis, and Vallis is the canton that Zermatt and all these glaciers are in, they say they have a list of 300 plus cases <gasps> of people who have gone missing in the last 100 years. So, oh my God. I think as the glaciers all over this region start to melt and recede, and this has never happened before. We've never had this mm. kind of melting. I think we're going to find more and more remains of people who've just disappeared Golly. decades ago. And I, they're just going to be all emerging from the ice. Yeah. And in fact, actually, I read this as well. And this is fucking nuts. Turns out last week, with all of these glaciers melting, the debris from a plane crash 
<gasps> that had gone down in 1968 was oh found. Oh, Yeah, on the... Alech Glacier. Yeah, he was a mountain guide. He saw these bits, told the authorities, and they've put two and two together from the pieces they found that that was that plane. Oh. But this has been happening for a while as the glaciers do, inch by inch, recede. Because back in 2012, on that same glacier, the Alech Glacier, and that's probably, it's not so close to here, it's probably about 100k away. Yeah. The remains of three brothers were found who disappeared in 1926. Oh, what? Yeah. We're going back, back, back. Really, all these mysteries. I mean, can you imagine in Russia if that ever happened in that, like, what is it, Arctic tundra or whatever? Yeah. All these bodies, I bet, are going to be coming out of the ice. But anyway, around here in 2017, the remains of a couple who went missing in 1942 appeared on the San Fluron Glacier, which is about an hour away from here. So hang on, how many is that now? People! Huh? <laughs> how many is that altogether? Loads! Loads of people have been found. So In a week? No, that one was in 2017, but the oh. rest were all in a week. God. I mean, not the brothers. That was um, That was 2017. That's the thing, like... I'm not joking. Pieces of the glacier here are falling off day yeah. by day, melting. I've never seen the river so full of like melted ice that's just gushing through the town. And bodies. All the bodies. All gushing. the bodies that you thought were buried. Yep. Don't. Seeping. Gushing. Sorry. It's not nice. <laughs> it's not nice. So if you're on a, on a glacier or you're hiking and you see a foot or a leg or something, just be careful. It could happen. What? To find a body? You never know. I could be up there and see something. I went hiking on the glacier the other day. Well, stay tuned, everybody. Listen out for Michelle's reports week to week. She does go up there (laughs) when she gets a moment from her busy, hectic schedule as a podcaster. Um, She will go up there and she could just keep an eye open. In fact, you could be filming as you go. I'm waiting for them to reveal the Yeti skeletons. Honestly, you never know. What if they find bones that are not human? Prehistory. Oh, boom. There it is. Let's see it. And you know what? I'll put all this stuff in the show notes. Yes, please, Shelley. Shelley show notes. Off you go. Do your worst. So, look, all these melting glaciers revealing bones and bodies. It just got me thinking. Geordie. Yes? What other grisly things can be hidden in the deep freeze? <laughs> I don't know. But that just reminds me of... What you, when you said that, it reminds me of that Roald Dahl short story about the woman who killed her husband with a leg of lamb and then fed it to the <gasps> fed it I to remember the that Roald Dahl story. Uh, oh, my God. That was one of my childhood stories where she killed her husband with the leg of lamb. Childhood? What do you mean? What did I say? Like, you said childhood. I'm thinking, who's telling you that as a child? Off you go now, Michelle. Let's just tell you a little story before you drift away to La La Land. Here's a story about a woman who murders her husband with a frozen leg of lamb and then feeds it to the policemen <laughs> who come to investigate. But it was a childhood story. Jen, were you reading us like terrible stories? Christ, Jen. Well, do you know what? I thought when I said what other, you know, what other things... Are in the what deep grisly freeze. things can be found in the deep freeze, yeah. I thought you may have actually thought about Jackie Laverty. Oh, Jackie. And Tony. Jackie Laverty. Oh, Tony. Tony. Now, for anyone who doesn't actually know what we're talking about. Help me, Tony. Help me, Tony. Jackie Laverty. Line of duty. She was the glamorous posh bird. Tony's bit on the side. Yes, in... Line of Duty season one. Season one. Now, it took about 100 seasons or whatever it was to find out. Or to find her. To find her. And what happened to her, Geordie? She was cut in half and put in two different freezers. I can't remember. Oh, she defrosted. She was put in a freezer, wasn't she? She was put in Terry Boyle's freezer. Well, we knew that. We did. Because we knew that in season two. We did. But... It didn't come to light to everybody else. They didn't find poor old Jackie. But anyway. Ever. Well, they did in the end. In the last season, they found Jackie's leg, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. So, this week. Body's in the freezer. Body's in the freezer. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one, Michelle. No, I know. We're talking about ice, deep freeze, body's in the freezer, body parts in the freezer. 
So if you're also experiencing a, a heat wave right now, wherever you are, <laughs> and if you need a little cool down, why not tune in to Eavesdropping and listen to stories about bodies in freezers that'll sure to make you feel nice and cool. It's as cold as ice. Cool in the pool. <laughs> all right then, Mish, let's hear all your gory stories. Well, look, actually, when I started investigating this topic, I was actually panicked by the sheer number of people who actually hide dead bodies in their freezer. Oh. Because surely... That's not nice. I mean, I'm not joking. Surely this... It must go through your head that the freezer is the first place that the police are going to look if they're police raiding your house. Yes. Right? And so, look, yes. I guess I better just do a general trigger here. Trigger warnings all round, right? About dead bodies and About in dead fr- bodies in the freezer. It's because it does get a little grisly. So, put down that ice cream. Trigger warning. Warning. Trigger warning. Look out. Trigger. Oh my goodness, Warning. the chips. Brace yourself, Mavis. Trigger warnings are all round because this is going to get on. Okay. a little grisly. So, just last month, a Detroit woman was charged with first-degree murder after police found, and really trigger, they found the body of her three-year-old son. Oh, no. In her freezer in the basement. Oh, shit. And I'm not going to go more into that story because that's all you need to know. Then, in January this year, authorities in New Orleans, who were investigating the disappearance of a woman who'd been reported missing, well, they inadvertently found a headless human torso in a freezer that was inside some shit old decrepit bus that was parked beside a rundown old house. Now, I don't know why they were looking in the bus in the first place. And I don't know why there was a freezer in that bus big enough for a headless corpse. But they found one. And the guy living in the house next to this old bus, he was actually arrested on multiple charges, including obstruction of justice of a death investigation. Now, I don't know what that means, but I imagine he did not want police looking inside that fucking bus. No. And he also got um, charged with operating a narcotics lab and distributing meth. (laughs) What a busy guy. Really busy. Industrious. Oh, he's a real entrepreneur. And uh, interestingly, he was not charged with anything to do with that body in the freezer. Why? I don't know. It's just strange. They couldn't pin it on him. No. And then in January of this year in LA, apparently a schoolgirl gave her teacher a note that said her mother was being held captive in her home and that she thought her brother might be dead. Oh, shit. When's th- where's this? LA in January oh, this year. God. Right? And this teacher obviously freaked the fuck out. And it this note led this teacher to call the police to say, you got to go and see if there's any truth to what sure. this little girl is is telling me. And trigger, when the police went there, they did find this little girl's brother's dead body in the freezer, in the garage. And her mother was being held captive and they arrested the mother's boyfriend on murder and kidnapping charges. So all this, but he still let the little girl go to school every day. Yep. Weird. Well, you're going to have you're going to have child services right round if you don't have a kid going to school. Although the Well, brother, one of them's not going. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I don't know, but this little girl, maybe she escaped that day and oh, went to the know. school. I don't know. I should do more into more investigation because that is a story. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> And then in April of last year, and look, I'm only telling you these stories because these are all within the last year. Because of the sheer year. number. Right. The sheer okay. number. This is, I fucking was like, how many people are hiding bodies in freezers? Yeah. I, I mean, I was going to say all over the world. It's just America at oh. this stage. <laughs> Although, no, that's not true. We, ha- we are going to Alaska now, but Alaska is America. That's America, yeah. Okay, so then in April of last year, Alaskan state troopers received a report that some workers had found a partially buried freezer 
a hundred feet into remote woods near the eastern Alaskan town of Tok. And when they opened it up, what do you think they found? Bodies. Human body parts. Oh. All as yet identified. So I As mean, yet. Really, like they still don't know who was in that fucking freezer. So oh it's just God. awful that when you go looking for this stuff, the internet is full, full of people hiding dead bodies in freezers. And look, oh. to be fair, we even had a hoarders episode last year where we did. Yeah, a woman hoarded her dead cats in the in the kitchen freezer. Yes, and then the electricity went off and they all oh. defrosted. Oy. I know, and they had cat juice coming out of the, out of the freezer. But look, I will put it a link to that in the show notes for anyone who's interested in the hoarders episode. Mm, okay, just to preface, this is not an unusual occurrence for people to be put in freezers, right? Today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you back to 2013. All right. When a guy called Ken Eschenbau, who lives in Ohio, again, we're in America. Good. He was introduced by a friend to a guy called Anthony Gonzalez. So apparently after a while, Ken and Anthony became mates because Ken, also known as Kenny, uh, he owned some audio gear that Anthony was interested in using because he wanted to record some rap tracks. And over the next four years, they kind of just had a nice, easy, you know, kind of friendship. But fast forward to July 2017, out of the blue, Anthony asks Ken for a favor. Anthony, <laughs> says, <laughs> Anthony <laughs> says to Ken, hey, Ken. The electricity in my house is off um, sure and I'm thing. worried that everything in my freezer is going to go go bad. Blimey. So he says, Ken, can That I old bring, chestnut. That old chestnut. <laughs> he says to Ken, can I bring my freezer over to your place and just plug it in until I get my electricity sorted? Yeah. So Ken, being, you know, a nice guy, he's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. Come on. You can bring it over. You're an idiot. Yeah. So Anthony arrives with a mate. And they bring this freezer through a back door into this garage kind of dwelling at the back of the house, like a whole separate kind of garage. Yeah. And they take this freezer down into Ken's basement. Now, Ken just left them to it. But he says it, it wasn't until around three days later that Ken noticed that Anthony's freezer had a big old padlock on it. Oh, so, <laughs> that's not a giveaway. I don't know what is. Come that's on. That's a red flag right Jeez. there. He thought, hmm, that's a bit on. But then again, he says that Anthony was, you know, a bit odd in general. And right. so he just kind of brushed off that there was this big old padlock. I mean, maybe he thought he didn't want Ken stealing his cold carts. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Ken just didn't really think about it again. And so... The freezer just sat there in the basement for a few weeks until one Saturday afternoon, Ken's wife, Jill, well, she wanted to make spaghetti and meatballs, but Jill oh, didn't God. have any mints. So she okay, thought, I'll, I'll just pop oh. out to the basement and have a look in Anthony's freezer to see, and these are her words, uh, to see if she could borrow some hamburger. <laughs> and just replace it later. <laughs> Except, obviously, right. when she went down there, mm. there's that big fat padlock on this freezer. But, oh, no, that did not put Jill off. She needed oh, no, that no, mint. No, she's not deterred. No. <laughs> Crack that freezer wide open. I mean, they're paying for the electricity, for God's sake. And she needs that mince for her spag bog, right? Desperately. <laughs> so, <laughs> old, old handy Jill, she gets a screwdriver... She removes the three screws that hold the padlock to the freezer. Piece of piss. And she lifts up the door to this chest freezer. Uh-huh. However, instead oh. of seeing cuts of meat or hamburger in clear plastic bags, yeah. what she saw instead was oh. a load of black bin bags. Oh, that's just the worst. And of course you want to look inside those, don't you? But you know you mustn't. She didn't. She didn't. And because there was a nasty smell also coming out of that freezer. And oh, no. and these are her words. She said she got a bad feeling and she quickly put the screws back in, put the lock back on the freezer, and she called her husband, Ken, to get the fuck home fast. And look, 
I don't know. Maybe she asked him to pick up some mints on the way home. That's not part of the story I know about because um, she really she got fe- her bolognese done in the I, end. Well, I'm not actually sure she did because oh. when Ken came home, he took the lock off that freezer, opened it up, and he also saw that it was full of black bin bags. And, but when he tried to open one up, he realized that he couldn't really open the bin bag because it whatever was – Yeah, it yeah. stuck. It was all stuck. Whatever was inside those bin bags was stuck frozen solid to the plastic but that didn't deter Ken he got a knife and there must have been like a crease or something in the bin back I know just call the cops well he didn't he's like because he thought oh maybe I mean maybe he thought it could have been full of hamburger in the black bin bags I don't know I think at, at this point what would you be thinking though Michelle I think at this point I would be thinking please god it's not a person no, it's not a person. It can't possibly be a person. It's probably roadkill. Or maybe maybe deer. Maybe he's a hunter. Who well, knows? that's what I mean. Like deer, like something that he's found on the side of the road. Because my brother-in-law used to have a, a bit of a deer in their freezer. He lives in the. He used to live in the middle of nowhere in Germany. When Paddy went to visit him, he said, now I've just got to make a quick detour. Just seeing a deer was knocked off the road. Still warm. Let's go grab it. And they had to hoik it up onto the roof of their car where they had to take it home and get a YouTube video to find out how to butcher it. And he, he ate that for months on end. Fed him all winter. Andreas's family, they're all hunters and they've got deep freezers full of game meat. Like, I get it. And do you know what? I do feel like if an animal dies, it's better to take care of that animal and, you know, cut it up and be respectful and whatever. But I'm just yeah. going to tell you right now. Is that what Ken did or Ken's friend? Well, it's not what Ken found because no. he, he got a knife and he sliced oh. open along a little wrinkle or a crease in, in one of these <laughs> plastic bags <laughs> and, he, and, and he tore open a bit of the bag and oh, you know no. what he found? Uh, a frozen human foot. Oh, is it Melissa Caddick? That is no. it. Why does it always come down to the foot? You know I'm <laughs> obsessed with Melissa Caddick's foot. It's yes, always a goddamn foot. Yeah. But anyway, as you can imagine, poor old Ken and Jill, they are freaking screaming. out. Screaming. And they, to their credit, they immediately call 911. Thank God. You and I probably would also have called 911 and said, you just got to get someone out here and, I, and check what's in this freezer because I'm yeah, not sure I would have. chipping away at it. Because once you see that, you can't unsee it, right? <laughs> anyway, I've actually heard some of Ken's 911 call. And he is fucking shaken. Like you can hear in his voice, he just, he can't process. He can't, he can't deal with it. And he's like, I found a dead body in my freezer. And he's always crying. And I think. Here to say my freezer, in my friend's freezer, I meant to say. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Well, you know, as you can imagine, he became a suspect. But anyway, I'll get to that. I did read in other reports and another trigger warning here. This, This episode's full of triggers, guys. Crikey. Inside the bin bags, there were not just the foot, but legs, teeth, parts of a spine, arms, but no head. The head was missing. Uh So, obviously, like, police responded immediately to Ken's 911 call. And when they get there, Ken takes them down to the basement. They see the freezer. And look, it's a three foot by three foot brand new chest freezer. So, kind of massive. And they see all the bin bags and... Yep. They, it's a foot. It's a human oh. foot. Yeah. However, they also see that this foot has the tattoo of a scorpion on it. So put a pin in Tell-tale. that for now. Right. So immediately the police are like, okay, whose body is this? And like I said, they turn to Ken and they're like, mm, your freezer, your house, there's a, there's a body in it. Well, um, didn't they say, this was given to me by my friend. Here's his name. Here's his address. Go around and check on him. He's obviously a bloody murderer. Well, he did. He said, this is not my freezer. So pretty quickly, they ruled out Ken and Jill as suspects. Okay. And they tried to track down Anthony Gonzalez, the friend. Except Anthony Gonzalez does not exist. It's a fake name. This guy, Ken, has been friends with a guy called Anthony Gonzalez. Fake. Fake name. Four years. How long have they been friends? Four years. This was a long game. He's playing a long game, this fella. 
I don't know. But the thing is, the police did have a guy on record who they knew had been using that name, Anthony Gonzalez, as an alias. And he was a guy called Arturo Novoa. And it turns out he's the boyfriend of a missing woman called Shannon Graves. Oh, okay. It all starts to fall into... Yeah, really. Yeah. So the police haul Arturo into the station and ask him, so tell me, did did you ever take a freezer to a house in uh, Campbell, Ohio? And he's like, and and I've seen, I've seen actually the the the, the police tapes, the videotapes of uh-huh. this. And he's like, no, I did not. And the police are like, so you never went to Kenny Eschenbauer's house and put a freezer with a padlock on it in his basement? And Arturo's like, I did not, sir. And mm-hmm. he's saying all this shit, even though he's sitting there in the interview room with, as we later find out the keys to that very same fucking freezer padlock in his uh, pocket, right? Oh, yeah. So the police are there saying, we know you took a freezer to Ken's house. And Ken and his wife opened it up and guess what they found? And, and Arturo is there, very polite, saying, what did they find, sir? I mean, he is playing the police for fools. And they're yeah. like, what do you think they found there? And you're in here because you've been charged with abuse of a corpse. And I actually don't know what that means, but... Chopping it up, I guess. I guess. There's all things like abuse of a corpse. There's also interfering with uh, a corpse. And there's failing to to give a, a correct burial, I think. Which yeah. we discovered that during one of our episodes, the one about killing your parents. The we Heavens did, actually. Creatures episode. Yes. Yeah. Well done for remembering that. I'll pop a link in the show notes. But, you know, he was there just denying everything to do with this. But the thing is, like, if this was Shannon, how the hell did she end up cut into pieces in that freezer? Well, obviously they had a, an argument and he moided her. Well, that's what you might think. But That's what I think. No? Keep listening, my friend. Keep listening. Uh, hey! <laughs> She's the master of suspense, this Michelle Margarita. <laughs> I looked a little bit into Shannon. So it's weird. She was referred to as Shannon Graves, unfortunate surname. And also Shannon DePaul. So we're just going to call her Shannon. She was a 21-year-old up-and-coming hairdresser. And look, the first inkling her family had that something wasn't right was when Shannon missed her half-sister Debbie's birthday party in March 2017, which was really unusual for her. But also, Shannon was apparently a bit of a free spirit. And they thought she'd probably just got busy and they just didn't think too much about it. And they thought, oh, we'll just catch up with her another time. Except months passed by and at one point the family realised no one had seen or heard from Shannon for a while. Which I find really weird because, you know, I'm in touch with my family every fucking other day almost. So, but anyway, Shannon's dad decided I'm going to give Arturo, Shannon's boyfriend, a ring and, and see where she is. Yeah. But when he called, Arturo said they'd split up months ago and she'd moved to Cleveland with another dude. And look, according to one of Shannon's friends, Katie Mora, that actually was Shannon all over, you know, to just up sticks and go somewhere. So the family sort of didn't really question Arturo's story too closely. However, after a bit when when no one in the family could get hold of Shannon at all, Debbie, who was the half-sister, finally went to the police and reported Shannon as a missing person. But that was three months after the birthday party and that was in March and it's now June. So that's a really tough job for investigators because like missing people, you've got to kind of get in there within the first 24 to 48 hours. But, you know, they thought, right, we've just got to start checking into a private life to see where we can go with this. So, of course, first stop was Arturo Novoa. And he told the police the same story that he told Shannon's family. She'd run off to Cleveland with another dude. Except he didn't know this other dude's name, hadn't heard from Shannon, and that just kind of went, you know, cold as a lead pretty quick. But they did keep Arturo as a suspect. Now, the next stop for police was talking to Shannon's ex, who was a guy called John, and he'd been in jail for dealing drugs. But according to him, he and Shannon had broken up when John was in prison, which he was still upset about because according to mates, 
Shannon's mates. John had been released from prison not long before Shannon was believed to have gone missing. So the police were like, okay, this guy has motive. He's got opportunity. So they went hard investigating this ex-boyfriend. However, John insisted he had not seen Shannon since February 2015 and that she had told him that she and Arturo were giving things another go, I guess because their relationship had been rocky. Right. Okay. But John, he said to police he still had feelings for Shannon the last time they'd spoken. And so they thought, Mm. boom, we've got our man. Like, this guy did it. So it boiled down to basically two suspects now, the ex and Arturo. But there was no evidence against either of them. So things really stalled. And not even Shannon's cell phone records had any clues. All they revealed was that, you know, there was a time towards the end of February where uh, Shannon went to her job, then her mobile was turned off. The phone bills went unpaid and her number was actually reassigned to someone else. So the trail on Shannon went pretty cold until Ken Essenbaugh made that 911 phone call telling them he'd found that body yep. in the freezer. After which forensics um, were able to actually lift prints from that body in the freezer. And they did confirm that it was Shannon who was in that freezer. And Right. I thought for a minute there you meant the prints of whoever killed no, her. Shannon's fingerprints. They could identify. But what about the scorpion? They could tell that that was her. Did they not know that she had that tattoo? Well, her friends said it was her foot because Shannon did have the Scorpio tattoo uh, because she was a Scorpio. That's why she had right. the scorpion on her on her foot. So yeah. Arturo obviously became prime suspect number one. And when they started investigating yeah. him, they learned that he was now in a relationship with a woman called Katrina Layton who'd moved in with Arturo just two weeks after the last time anyone had seen Shannon alive. So a little bit like what happened in the case of Teresa, Teresita Barca a few weeks back, when the police brought Arturo and uh, Katrina into the station for questioning separately, Uh, investigators went to the apartment and began searching the apartment for clues and evidence and what they found was a meat cleaver, blood on the walls, and an owner's manual for that brand new chest freezer. Oh, God. The same <laughs> one where Shannon's body parts were found. Bloody hell, guys. I know. So it was kind of the smoking gun that police yes. needed to make the initial arrest of both um, Aturo what did I call him? Arturo. Arturo. Oh, why did I d- Arturo. Yeah. I was about to say Arthur. So so that's what they needed to make the initial arrest of Arturo and Katrina. Yeah. But during the interviews, Arturo still insisted that he didn't kill Shannon. Hmm. And he kept saying he didn't know where she was and she'd run off with some other guy. And Katrina said exactly the same thing. Oh. However, like I said before the police had actually found a key in Arturo's confiscated belongings that fit that fucking padlock on the freezer. So, boom. They now had a direct connection between Arturo and that freezer. And the thing is, as the police started putting their case together against Arturo, it turns out that Shannon's ex, John, who had been a suspect, was key in this case. He was instrumental to this case because... I think because he still had feelings for Shannon, he took it upon himself to go and speak to loads of Shannon's friends to see how Shannon could have ended up like this. And what he learned was that there was a bonfire night hosted by a guy called Steve where Arturo had thrown things on the fire that was not wood. It was all personal shit. And when police knocked on the door and went to Steve's place... The fire pit was still there. Oh, and as they search, yes, and as they searched through the ashes to see if what John had found out had any truth to it, they found loads of evidence, including a bracelet that had belonged to Shannon. Oh God! Yeah. So when investigators spoke to Steve about all this shit in his fire pit, yeah, 
he wasn't surprised because apparently that night of the bonfire, Arturo was throwing loads of Shannon's stuff on the fire and telling everyone at the fire he was burning her clothes because she was a bitch, she cheated on him and, you know, fuck her, throwing all her stuff on the fire, right? Yeah. He also said that another guy called Andrew Herman arrived with Arturo that night and both of them had been burning Shannon's stuff. Oh. So now the police turned their attention to this guy, Andrew, to see if he could reveal any new details about why Arturo was burning Shannon's shit. And they ended up talking with a woman called Jamie, who it turns out was having a relationship with both Andrew and his wife. Huh? I know. I guess it's one of those unicorn situations. I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, Jamie then tells the police that Arturo and Katrina killed Shannon together. And it was Andrew, the guy that she was in this like love triangle relationship with. Yeah. Who dismembered Shannon's body. So three people involved. Yeah. It was all three of them. So I did a little bit of digging into Katrina, the girlfriend. Yeah. And apparently she was around 10 years older than Arturo. She had two kids. She was a working mum, but she was obsessed with this guy. And she'd had an on-again, off-again relationship with Arturo for nearly eight years. And when Arturo started seeing Shannon, who was young and gorgeous, she got incredibly jealous. But... After Shannon went missing and Katrina moved in with Arturo, yeah, she started wearing Shannon's clothes. Oh, no. Now, Shannon also had a dog that was at the apartment, so she started oh. looking after Shannon's dog. Okay. And I even read that she'd been driving Shannon's car and had been using Shannon's credit cards. Single white female. Yep. However, in a police interview I watched with Katrina, the police asked her if like when she moved in with Arturo, if any of Shannon's stuff was still there. And she's like, no, not that I remember. I don't remember wow. seeing anything. She was probably fucking wearing Shannon's clothes, you At know, the time, in this yeah. interview. Bold as brass. Really bold as brass. And then they questioned her about the dog and Shannon's car. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the dog was already there. And, and she had no answer for why she was driving Shannon's car. Wow. And then she just said, yeah, but, you know, I heard that Shannon had run off with some guy. But why didn't she take the car? But, you know, obviously it's all lies because as the police kept digging, they found out that there had been a bitter, bitter rivalry between Shannon and Katrina for Arturo. He's such a prize as well. Oh, mate, he's a catch. He's a real catch. He records rap tracks. Come on. (laughs) But, yeah, there there was this love triangle happening and Katrina reportedly absolutely fucking hated Shannon. Sounds like it. Just hated her, except yeah. what Katrina didn't know was that Shannon wasn't the only woman in Arturo's life. Can't kill them all. According to police, he was shagging at least three other women. Well, she would have been very busy with her hatchet, wouldn't she? Well, she would have. You know, he's not a good dude. You know, he's not. No. The things we do for these guys. Why? Why, women, are you fighting over I mean in the end you're only going to get pissed off because he keeps leaving the toilet seat up or he forgets your birthday or whatever <laughs> what's the big fuss I know once the shine goes off and but you look he might have been a, a real master manipulator who knows maybe yeah but I've seen the police tapes of Arturo and he does not give a shit about anything. He's just there denying everything. Tonight he killed her, telling police he's got no clue where she is. It's just just awful. Except that something just doesn't gel. And the police start thinking, maybe Katrina has something to do with this. So they ask her point blank, do you have anything to do with Shannon's murder? What does she say? Well, she starts laughing. Laughing. Oh, what? Yeah, she's like... (laughs) Do you see how tiny I am? Really? Look at me. I'm tiny. How could I have anything to do with it? And to be fair, she is tiny, but like in a weird anorexic kind of tiny. She looks not well. Anyway, after the police have both of them in the station at the same time, but in these different interview rooms, they go back and forth trying to compare the stories and trying to get one of them to slip up. But there's this one moment in the interview that I watched where Katrina starts going on about how she has no clue why they're talking about a body in a freezer. 
they're trying to get them both to slip up and they say, do you know anything about a body in a freezer? And she keeps saying, what body? What freezer? And she's acting like she knows nothing about it. And the police are saying, a body in a freezer, a body in a freezer. That's all they're saying. They're looking for a reaction from her, you know, and they say, even say to her, we're looking for a reaction from you for about a body in a freezer and you don't look shocked at all. And she just gets really tongue-tied. And then she's like, I'm just trying to process this. But really, you can see she's just stalling for time. And then yeah, yeah. she says, well, yes, I bought the freezer. And oh. they're like, what freezer? And then she backtracks. Except they say, listen, there's a dead body in this freezer. And it's Shannon. Did you kill Shannon? She's like... I don't know what you're talking about. Like, she's all mixed up all over the place, a bit like me in this story. <laughs> but it's interesting psychological tactics that these policemen are using, though. I quite like where they're going with this. Oh, they honestly, to watch it, it's like a masterclass in, like, how to interview because they're so calm. Like, it's it's great. Yeah. But then she slips up. She says, "Okay, you're trying to tell me there's a body in a freezer that I did not take to Kenny's house. <laughs> and the police are like... You dickhead. Who said anything about Kenny's house? And boom, hole in her story right there. Yeah. So what does she do then? Oh, she's like trying to backtrack. The police are like, okay, so the girl who was shagging your boyfriend and whose life you've slid right into happens to end up in your freezer that you bought and it's a coincidence. And Katrina is still insisting that she thought that Shannon broke up and ran away with the guy. But it's all lies. And the police end up charging Arturo, Katrina and Andrew with the murder and dismemberment of Shannon. Bang to rights. So during the trial, which was in front of a grand jury, it came out that one day Arturo had called Andrew and asked to meet him, asked Andrew to come and meet him at his house. And when he got there, he saw Shannon's body. And when Andrew freaked out about seeing this fucking dead girl. Arturo had told him that Katrina had killed Shannon by hitting her in the head with a hammer and that it was Arturo's idea to cut up Shannon's body. But he didn't want to do it himself and he needed to drag somebody else into it. Yeah, but look, this is a big fucking trigger warning. Okay. Because at first they tried to dissolve her body using sulfuric acid, except they didn't have enough sulfuric acid to dissolve her whole body. Only the head, which is why the head was missing. So then Katrina went out, bought that big fucking chest freezer, put Shannon in there and took it over to Ken's place. They really were just winging it, weren't they? They really were fucking winging it. So Arturo and Katrina, they were both indicted. They were both sentenced to death row. But they both agreed to plea deals. This Mm. is what I don't fucking understand. Arturo apparently got a life sentence. But Katrina and Andrew, they were both only sentenced to 12 years in prison. But what if she was the one that dealt the fatal blow? Then she should really have matched his This is exactly what sentence. I think. So Maybe they had proof. Maybe they both threw Arturo under the bus. Maybe with the plea deals. Maybe yeah. they had something else going on. Maybe they also wanted to get Arturo, who obviously was known to police beforehand, on something yeah. else. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but that is how it all went down. That is the story of the body in the freezer. What a ride. Thank you, Michelle. For all those trigger warnings, I hope that our eavesdroppers are still here and it's not a meal time. Oh, God, I know. Juice dropper. I'm sorry. Don't don't eat and listen to this podcast. If you've got a sandwich, if you've got a cup of tea and a bickie. Pop it down. Pop it down. Just pop it down. You might want to. So that's how I ended up getting from bones in the glacier to bodies in the freezer. That's amazing, Michelle. I love the way that you just go for a little journey, a little segue all across the lands until you end up somewhere really gruesome. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Oh, well, anyway, it's a hot fucking day here. I might go out for a walk, see if I can find any bodies on the glacier. You never know. Don't forget to take your pickaxe so you can have a good old chip away and see what you can find, Michelle, because I think that would be the next social media post for us. (laughs) 
<laughs> and if you're not already following us on Instagram and watching our cute videos that we do, cute, weird, whatever, it's at eavesdropping underscore is the Instagram. Eavesdropping with no G on the end no and G. no apostrophe on that particular occasion. It's just eavesdropping underscore. Please yes. follow and like and heart all our things. And tell all your friends to become eavesdroppers because this is the kind of story they're going to be treated Absolutely. to. <laughs> and we want to go on tour to all the towns of all our eavesdroppers so we can try and get that happening as well. Give us a hand with that. Go and approach your local pub and say, would you like to have a spoken word act on? They're called eavesdropping. Here they come. I guess in the meantime, Geordie. What are we going to do, Michelle? We've just got to tell you guys. It's you guys that have to do it because wherever you are, whatever you do, just, just keep eavesdropping. 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 Eavesdropping.